0: The white lie. A white lie is no big deal, right? Everybody tells them every now and then. Oh, you look terrific when it's really. Uh, but this white lie we're talking about is a lie about white supremacy. And that is a great big fat lie. Everywhere you turn around, you're hearing about this corrosive ideology. Now, it is a corrosive ideology. But it's small. It's almost nowhere to be seen, actually, except in the mainstream media. Actual cases of white supremacy, violent crimes committed by people over issues of race, white people pursuing racism. You know how rare that is? 2019, five cases, five federal white supremacy cases. 2020, another Five. All right. You compare this to just about anything else. These numbers are incredibly, incredibly small. But the narrative, oh, the narrative is too irresistible.
1: Police are pr- supposed to protect and serve, but it's clear that they are protecting the beneficiaries of inherent racist policies. And of course, cities
0: have to end the racist policing of black communities. That's where we all started.
2: Racist sheriffs and police free to commit untold violence against anyone they please.
1: We have to stop the black killing fields. Okay. we know we have racist police.
0: It's so easy, so convenient and so wrong to blame the police. So stupid to blame something that happened two or three hundred years ago when real crime that we have to confront happens every day and the aspects of it have absolutely nothing to do with white supremacy. Some of the ones that have grabbed our attention over the past week, take a look at this. A young black man shooting another black man in Queens, point-blank range, on a subway earlier this month. Uh, A man getting pummeled, it seems like, because of their transgender status. If we turned up the volume, you would hear all the homophobic slurs. We don't want to play them. How about this? Three armed robbers attacking a, a victim, stealing his backpack, It's believed that there may have been an anti-Asian element to this. A group of teenagers attacking a 14-year-old boy, punching and kicking him in the head. A female being stabbed, punched, and kicked. Two attacked on the street right here in Queens, two of the attackers. How about this? A Burger King, two men assaulted an employee and threatened him with a knife. I mean, we can go on and on and on. The most notorious crimes here. A man was attacked while getting something out of his car. The perpetrator threw the victim to the ground, assaulted him, then attempted to steal the car. Another man crept behind a woman in her apartment building and placed her in a chokehold until she lost consciousness and then sexually assaulted her. Two teens assaulted a 16-year-old boy by punching him in the head repeatedly and striking him with a firearm. An unknown individual punched an NYPD sergeant multiple times in the Face After attempting to steal something from a Walgreens drugstore and we could go on for hours like this and these crimes are not being perpetrated by white supremacists. That is rare. What you're seeing here, that's the real problem. Okay, street crime and the cities, they have the numbers to, well, back it all up here in New York. Almost 60 percent increase in crime over last year. It's this way throughout the country. Let's go through it. Chicago, 36 percent. Next, we have Houston, 32 percent increase. Portland, Oregon, 20 percent. So we have a very real crime wave. And what does America do? Focus on a non-existent problem and create a make-believe one. Karens, white women being allegedly racist. Actually, they're just sticking up for themselves. They're being assertive, and they are refusing to be victims. Did you hear about this? The woman in St. Louis, I'll never forget her, she lost everything because she was following the rules of her building. Excuse me.
3: No. You don't have a key fob. you are, no. no. Yeah. yeah. If you have that, then okay. Ma'am, yeah, you're not security. You're not the property manager, you're not no, my car. But I it.
2: live here. I don't like the fact you have your phone in my face. Okay,
3: I don't like the fact that you're blocking me for where I pay
2: All I'm asking is what unit.
3: But I don't need to tell you that information, man. If you want to come
2: into my building.
3: It's not your building. You're not the owner.
2: Can you show me the key for coming to this building? You You know, uh, uh,
3: I've lived in an apartment
0: building. I don't let people in who I don't recognize. That makes you a responsible neighbor. It's okay. But this one silly, totally reasonable action on her part generated national headlines.
1: The confrontation caught on video, a white woman blocking a black tenant from entering their apartment building, demanding proof that he lives there. Staying on the story of a white woman who was caught on camera refusing to let a black man into the condo building where they both lived.
3: The video reeks
2: of a phenomenon that's playing out all over the country. White people calling the police on black people doing everyday things. It looked like she was harassing him a little. Like she yeah, could yeah, have ended
0: yeah. it if she was afraid of him. She could yep, have walked yeah. away, but she just kept following him. I mean, it's a, it's a weird form of harassment that we have to be careful of. And yeah. he handled himself so beautifully.
2: Yeah. Did. <laughs> so very <annoying bother> well
0: him. <laughs> Yes, he was great. (laughs) Refusing to identify himself. Refusing to be a decent person. Let's cancel the woman who is following the rules. Don't let anybody in. Even her ex-husband had to disassociate with her. Happens to be a guy of color, by the way, watch.
1: I wanted to take a moment to express my deep disappointment in the incident that took place at Mr. Toll's home. The individual in the video and I have been separated for over a year and I myself no longer reside at the Elder Shirt Loft building. <laughs> He's washing his hands
0: of the whole thing. This is beyond insane. This is an effort to control a very key voting block. To wrap things up, she lost her job. And it was in the New York Times. What's happening here? And unfortunately, I understand it's, it's very, very tough to stick up to the mob. It's very tough for some people to stick up for her when everybody knows this is wrong. Here's another one. This got the whole Karen craze going. The so-called Central Park Karen, Amy Cooper. So she's in Central Park walking her dog. You want to see what got everybody so upset? Now, if you didn't know the whole story, maybe you would think, huh, that's kind of weird. But of course there's more to it.
3: Would you please stop? Sir, I'm asking you to stop. Please don't come close to me. Sir, I'm asking you to stop recording me. Please stop. don't come close to me.
2: Please take your phone
3: off. Please don't come close to I'm me. I'm taking
2: pictures calling the cops.
3: Please, please call the cops. Please call the cops. I'm
2: gonna tell them there's an African-American man
4: threatening my life. Please tell them whatever you like. There is an African-American man I am in Central Park. He is recording me and threatening myself and my dog. I'm sorry. I
2: can't hear you. I'm being threatened by a man in the ramble. Please send the cops immediately.
0: Did you hear that? She said an African-American man. She racialized it, right? She volunteered information to the 911 operator that the 911 operator was going to ask her in two seconds anyway. They always want to know the race of the person you're dealing with if there is some sort of confrontation. So they can find the person. You start big and then you go narrow. It's fair and it happens. It's part of the protocol. Mainstream media, they didn't have too many questions. They just ran with the viral video. A New York City woman has lost a high level job in finance after a video of her racially charged confrontation with a black man went viral.
1: We all saw Amy Cooper in Central
3: Park weaponizing her whiteness to call a police officer on a black man who's just watching birds.
1: Those cops could have showed up. His fate could have been fate could have been similar as Mr. Floyd.
3: People need to understand there are consequences to your actions and one of the consequences to this woman's action is she could have gotten this young man killed. She literally weaponized his race and weaponized her privilege. She knew that by calling the police it would be to her advantage.
0: Wow. Calling the police to your advantage? If that's the way you want to look at it, she felt threatened. And no one's pointing out that the man threatened her by her own admission. All right? He put this on Facebook. Look, if you're going to do what you want, I'm going to do what I want. But you're not going to like it. That's inherently a threat right there. And she says, what's that? Come here, puppy. The threat was actually against her dog. What kind of creep lures a dog away from its owner with a biscuit? That's what he did. Look, I know it's incredibly small, but none. Barack Obama himself spoke out about this incident because they're trying to influence a major voting bloc. Shame them for being who they are. This is a new politically correct misogyny goes on from there if you want to be anti-cop in america that's actually okay right now as long as you do it with the woke left a firebombing incident here in new york city that's a really bad thing they threw molotov cocktails into a police vehicle in the heart of the in the height of the uh, black lives matter protests the two people responsible There they are. How much time did they get in jail? Well, not too much. Six months in prison, six months home confinement. They'll have to pay $72,000 in restitution out on bail before sentencing. Uh, We had two other people firebomb a police vehicle and boy, oh boy, they destroyed it. Who was responsible? Two attorneys happen to be people of color. Let's look at their sentencing, shall we? Uh, ooh, released on home confinement two days after the arrest. They're still in home confinement. Their sentencing pushed back till May of 2020. Now, compare this to a January 6er, Lonnie Kaufman. Remember him? He's in his early 70s. From what we can tell, He only showed up at the Capitol. He didn't hurt anybody. He didn't break anything. He's been in jail since January 6th, since the very day. A few months ago, he was on Newsmax.
5: About January
1: 6th, but I came here for information uh and i uh, was unable to uh, attain that information and all it did was wind up uh, getting me in here uh, so uh that's that's my regret we're not uh, we're not insurrectionists uh, uh none of those things and uh we are patriots and we love our country we even sing the national anthem every night at... uh Man,
0: o'clock. Lonnie Kaufman did not hurt anybody. He didn't break anything. And he's been in jail since January 6th. And he's going to be there for 46 months. Now, we did have some Molotov cocktails in his truck a couple of blocks away that were unused. They weren't thrown at anybody. They were never ignited. 46 months in jail. Compare that to the lawyers in New York City who firebombed the vehicle right? You see the horrific um, discrepancy here? Meanwhile, it is open season on cops. This ludicrous conversation has made it more difficult to be a police officer than ever before. Over the past three months, more than 100 police officers shot, 17 officers killed, 19 of them ambush attacks. And this is a direct result Of the left and their delegitimizing of law enforcement, and you can go trace it right up to Joe Biden.
4: I don't think you have any law enforcement. You can't even say the word law enforcement, because if you say those words, you're going to lose all of your radical left supporters. And why aren't you saying those words? Why don't you say the words law enforcement? Democrats Absolutely that run these cities ridiculous. don't want to talk like you about law and order. Violent and you crime. You still haven't mentioned. Violent Are crime. you in favor of law and order? I'm in favor of law. You follow Are you it, in favor a little of, bit of law order. and order?
0: Yeah. Joe Biden lied and cops died. And you can trace it right there. Yeah, Democrat hands, blood on their hands. I wonder if Joe Biden is going to be in favor of law and order in the weeks and months ahead as the law closes in on Hunter Biden. He is in trouble. You can't. I don't think they're going to be able to beat the rap. We'll be right back. said the, the fake, fake news, news just, just doesn't, doesn't get, get it. it do they? <laughs> they don't oh, boy, the fake news. They were so excited. They thought they had Trump. Ooh, they thought they had him. A great big seven and a half hour gap in his phone logs. I knew implicitly that it was fake news. I just knew it. So I didn't really even have to look into it. I just knew it in my gut. They didn't, though. They went with it.
1: The January 6th committee's investigation is coming to a head tonight on multiple fronts, with reports of a seven-plus-hour gap in President Trump's phone logs from that day.
6: CBS News and The Washington Post have obtained White House records of President Trump's activities on that day, and they reveal a more than seven-and-a-half-hour gap in his call logs.
1: We turned out of the House committee investigating the January 6th attack on the Capitol. That committee now uncovering more about the gap in the White House phone logs on January 6th, that there was a seven-hour, 37-minute gap in the log.
0: (gasps) Who logs calls anymore? Does he work at some hotel? Is it the year 1950? I guess they do log the calls, but it turned out to be fake news. Now, Adam Schiff was all over the news. Adam Schiff, how can this guy show his face in public anymore? Is on MSNBC vowing to investigate and we'll find out the truth. And so CNN even, CNN had to discreetly put it out there that, uh uh-oh, it's totally complete. There are no missing pages from the log. What does it mean here? Uh, next, uh, White House landlines, White House cell phones, and personal cell phones do not go through the switchboard. The switchboard. Again, 1950, 1955. Meanwhile, Hunter Biden, as we talked about, mm, let's see, almost two years ago, was a big, big problem and would probably wind up in jail. <sighs> The fake news would not talk about it when it counted. Now that it doesn't seem to matter that much anymore, they're all over it.
6: We're learning new details about the federal investigation into Hunter Biden and his business dealings with a Chinese energy company. The younger Biden and his
3: associates violated tax, money laundering, and foreign lobbying laws. There are new
1: signs tonight that the federal criminal investigation into President Biden's son Hunter is broader than we first knew.
0: He failed to disclose $400,000 that he was paid by the Ukrainian company. Documents also show Hunter Biden signed an agreement to represent an official of that company, Patrick Ho, for a million dollars.
2: The FBI took possession of a laptop purported to belong to Hunter Biden. A computer repairman in Delaware showed reporters a copy of a subpoena. His son, Hunter, joining the then vice president on the official visit to Beijing, along with Hunter's daughter, Finnegan. Unknown to the press back then, Hunter Biden was forming a Chinese private equity fund, planning to raise money, including from Chinese investors.
0: Wow, they're acting like this is breaking news. Uh, We were on it in the fall of 2020. God bless the New York Post, huh? They were uh, banned from social media for their work. Uh, Why is this news now? The government has said it's news. Yeah, the government. The government. Since when does journalism wait for the government to tell them when to report something? I guess now. The FBI said, it's okay. Why are they doing this now? That's not a good sign for Joe Biden. Now, there are lots of other ways to hunt down a story rather than wait for the FBI to tell you it's a story. But that's the way it works these days. Or you could have read Miranda Devine back in 2020 or her book, Laptop from Hell, out uh, last year. Peter Schweitzer, again, was all over this. He's been on it through the years. He's got two books on this. You really should check them out. And you could have been watching Newsmax in the fall of 2020 and into 2021. I was relentless. Thank you very much. We even played you some very interesting fun calls of Hunter Biden seeming to boast about corruption.
3: I have another New York Times reporter calling about
5: my representation of the, literally, Dr. Patrick Coe, the spy chief of China who started the company that my partner, who was worth $323 billion found it is now missing. The richest man in the world is missing, who was my
3: partner. He was missing since I last saw him in his $58 million apartment and signed a $4 billion deal to big, build the
5: largest LNG court in the world.
0: All right, so I was the richest man in the world doing business with, I'm sorry, this drug addict. Because of his father, because of Joe Biden. And he looks particularly weak he 's made some very bad decisions he 's contradicted himself and his administration, no matter how big that teleprompter is and Boy, oh boy, it is big. Take a look at that thing uh, you know look there 's a time and a place for a teleprompter. I personally have never seen one quite that big usually it 's uh i don 't know the size of yeah like a like a television. But Joe's been relying on that. The speeches that he gives are heavily, heavily vetted and staffed, but he still screws it up. When Barack Obama spoke, you would have committees, people all over the place weighing in. One guy who was a bit of a departure from this, a big departure actually, was Trump. This is how he won. In 2015, he was a guy speaking from the heart. For 90 percent of that campaign, he spoke without a teleprompter. He even said that should be um, a test, actually, if you're running for president, no reading of any script that somebody else wrote for you. Supposing I was reading all the stuff, you know, with the teleprompters. (laughs) I
4: actually said, if you're running for president, you should not be allowed to use a teleprompter. No, it's true. I say you shouldn't be allowed to use teleprompters because you have to test people's intelligence. If you need teleprompter, you know how easy it is. No, no. Do you know how easy it is? No teleprompter. Do you notice? I'm not reading speeches. No reading speeches.
0: (laughs) There's something to that. It really is. Oh, and do you remember this when he actually dismantled a teleprompter right in front of everybody? By the way, these teleprompters haven't been working for the last 20 minutes. And I actually like my speech better without teleprompters.
4: And this way, what I like about it, wait a minute, let me see how these things work. You know what? I like it better without the teleprompter.
0: Only him. You know who could use a teleprompter? And it looks like she'll be getting one soon. Jen Saki. She's going to join MSNBC reports all over the place. Oh, my goodness. Including including NBC News. NBC News is reporting that I didn't quite realize she's uh, not confirming uh, the story. We'll get to that in a moment. Terrible, terrible at her job. Do you remember this?
2: I can. I'll circle back if there's more I can share with you. I'll circle back with you if there's more to convey. I'll have to just circle back with you. We can circle back with you. I'm happy to circle back with you. I can circle back. I will have to circle back on that one. That's an excellent question. Oh, such an important question. We will circle back with you, and we'll we'll circle back with you. It's an interesting question, but we'll we'll circle back. I'm happy to circle back. But I'll have to circle back with you on it. It's a good question, but we'll circle back with you on this today. We will certainly circle back with you more directly.
0: Yeah, didn't know much. And uh, after saying that, she just kind of got very adept at lying. And now while she's on the job, think about this. She's in the White House. She negotiated for herself a new job at a major network that has a real interest in access to the White House and access to Joe Biden. I'm pretty sure there are rules against that. There are here in New York City. You can't work uh, in the government and then take a great big high profile job afterwards. No, that's wrong. Obviously, somebody could try to influence you while you're on the job. Somebody was talking to her while she was working at the White House. Huh? Right. Is it true that you are leaving the White House to work for MSNBC?
2: Uh Well, you can't get rid of me yet, Ed. Um, I have nothing to confirm uh, about my length of public service or planned service uh, or anything about consideration about next plan.
5: Is it
3: ethical for you to continue conducting this job while negotiating uh, with the media?
2: Well, um, I have always gone over and above the stringent ethical and legal requirements of the Biden administration. (laughs)
0: The stringent ethical requirements of the Biden administration where they won't even tell us who's buying Hunter Biden's artwork. Yeah, very, very stringent. This is fishy. This is the swamp. I guess we'll see you on MSNBC or actually we won't be seeing you because we don't watch that channel. When we come back, you heard about what's happening in Florida, that new law to protect students, to protect parents. We have the Little Johns to thank. Yeah, their child was being potentially corrupted by teachers talking about sex, talking about issues that should not be discussed with schools without parents being involved. The Little Johns, they're heroes. We'll be right back. This country was made by tax rebels, freedom fighters, gold seekers, believers, lovers, and true patriots. We're Newsmax, and we're their heirs,
5: and so are you. Newsmax TV, real news for real people. Ron DeSantis says he's all about parental rights, so much so
6: that it's the official name of the draconian don't say gay bill.
3: This don't say gay bill
1: really breaks
6: my heart. What it is doing is creating a veil of shame that already existed in a journey that's been fought for years for people to be their authentic Mm -hmm. selves. Yet
3: here
1: we
0: have yet another thing for kids to worry about. Is this dangerous legislation? Absolutely. It uh, tells uh, youth uh, who are different or whose families are different that uh, there's something wrong with them out of the gate. Wow. What a hideously dishonest discussion about what that legislation, what this law will actually do. What it would like to do is prevent, well, secrecy within families. Uh, having sexual conversations with strangers. This is actually from uh, the Leon County Schools Handbook on uh, Lesbian, Gay, Bisexual, Transgender, Gender Nonconforming and Questioning Support Guide. It specifically says parents should not be notified about certain matters concerning their children. Oh, it can be very dangerous to to the student's health and well being, if aspects of their sexuality are shared with parents. It really is uh, shocking stuff. And you know what? Because of this law, or that we have this law, we are thankful in part to January Littlejohn. Uh, she was suing the Leon County, Florida School District for this ridiculous guide. Ron DeSantis uh, was part of this effort. And we're also joined by Vernadette. Broyles, the attorney representing january little john welcome to you both thank you how are you guys tonight
6: we're well good thank you for having us
0: you bet you bet listen you heard how the um, discussion was hijacked by the left can you do me a favor january in your own words describe just how wildly at odds they are with your experience if they are
6: Sure. Well, in my experience, I was systematically cut out of a very critical conversation being held with my 13-year-old daughter that would have absolutely impacted her personal safety and her mental well-being. They created a transgender, gender non-conforming support plan, which was a six-page plan where they asked her questions such as, which name and pronouns would you like to use, which restroom would you prefer, and which Sex, which you prefer to room with on overnight field trips. Then they did something really insidious. They instructed staff and and teachers to use an alternate name while my daughter was at school and to use her birth name and pronouns when speaking to us to effectively deceive us that the meeting had ever taken place.
0: And how old is your daughter again,
6: please? She was 13 at the time. And when I contacted the school, I was told they could not give me any information about the meeting because she was protected by law from me.
0: That is pretty wild. Vernadette. <laughs> um, now there is it, we have the law now. The lawsuit, what's the status of the lawsuit you were taking on the Leon County, Florida School District for this uh, this crazy set of guidelines and, and, and the treatment of the child? Where is that now?
3: Well, we're in federal court, and as you know, federal court is is not at all quick. We're waiting on just the next process and uh, step in the process. But I want to make it perfectly clear, is that the United States Constitution grants parents a fundamental right to direct the education, the mental health treatments, the medical treatments, and the the religious upbringing of their children. So we, are, we have claims that are based on the United States Constitution, as well as the Florida Constitution, which grants parents very similar rights, as well as privacy rights to the family. You talked about how the school officials are driving a wedge between children and their parents, and that is harmful to children. So our lawsuit alleges both constitutional claims as well as a violation of the Parents' Bill of Rights.
0: Uh, Governor DeSantis certainly knows who you are. You've met with him, and uh, you were there when uh, a good chunk of this was uh, announced. You guys have been there every step of the way, I believe. Uh, Let's uh, play that moment of you with the governor.
6: We learned the middle school had created a transgender, gender nonconforming support plan with our 13-year-old daughter without our knowledge or consent. I have always told my children my number one job is to keep them safe, and this school took that away from me.
0: Are you? What's your reaction to people like Disney, uh, to people, uh, prominent executives weighing in all over the place who don't seem to know the basic facts of your daughter's situation, and what the law actually says? Well,
6: well law- Greg, it's go ahead, sir. It's ahead. it's really just a lot of noise because if they were to actually read the bill, they would see this is fundamentally a bill about parental rights, which protects every parent, regardless of whether you're on the left or the right or your religion or your race. And the first and second part of the bill is really the core of the bill, which states that you cannot exclude parents from a child's record if they change a service or monitoring that will impact the child's physical, emotional, or mental well-being, and further, you can't withhold that information or encourage the child to withhold the information. And this part of the bill, Greg, is so misinterpreted, this actually applies to K through 12. There's a lot of confusion over the K through three aspect of the bill, which is literally two sentences, versus the bulk of the bill, which covers K through 12, because these children are minors. And parents absolutely need to be involved in every aspect of their education, especially if their mental or physical well-being is going to be impacted.
0: You would think, right? It's uh, yeah. it's very, it's, well, listen, we're very grateful for what you've done. Uh, as a new parent, by the way, I have a three-month-old and a two-year-old. I am uh, more cognizant of these issues uh, than I was before. So uh, January, Little John, I think you've done a great service. And to your attorney as well, Vernadette Broyles, we thank you both.
3: Oh, thank you for having us on. an important issue.
0: You bet. We'll be right back. Thank you. You think we're ready to move on as a country (laughs) from this? This is how we started the week on Sunday night, of course. Uh, Will Smith slapping Chris Rock. The story is not over. Breaking news just a couple of minutes ago. It has been reported that Will Smith has resigned from the Academy, the Motion uh, Picture Academy of the Arts and Sciences. He quit. Uh, I guess they were going to kick him out. Uh... I don't, I don't know what it means. I don't know what it says. Uh, but let's bring in the experts. I do think it's fascinating. And there are some interesting ramifications of the whole story. First, we got Mark Simone, of course, iHeartRadio talk show host. And Craig Shirley, presidential historian, author of April 1945, The Hinge of History. And, of course, Craig is a big expert on Ronald Reagan, several books about the Gipper. Craig, first to you. I mean... It's kind of amazing, you know, Hollywood, it used to be, well, it's always been kind of decadent, but on the surface, it was gentlemanly, you know, Ronald Reagan, the Academy Awards. uh, It wasn't supposed
5: to be like this. Yes. Yeah. First of all, my question is, who's Will Smith? Uh, I haven't watched the Academy Awards in 20 years. Uh, I haven't watched, I haven't gone to a movie theater in 20 years. This is so irrelevant. To, to me and my life and my friend's life. I can't even measure how insignificant it is. I don't know anybody who really gives a damn.
0: Well, Craig, uh, I can't help myself but be fascinated by the entire uh, moment. I mean, we <laughs> saw what Will Smith did on national television. I mean, you're right. It's not what it used to be, but 14 million people were watching. They saw Will Smith slap a man Uh, Two of the most famous men in America. I mean, granted, we don't have stars like we used to. One slapped another. Ten minutes later, he's given Best Actor Award and all of Hollywood, which still has influence, especially on younger people, Mark Simone. uh, This is, you know, I, 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 I know where Craig is coming from, but at the same time, there are there is a significance here. I don't know where it ends. I don't know the full scope. I don't understand it. I'm sure you do.
1: Well, I mean, imagine if uh, years ago, Gregory Peck walked up and slapped Johnny Carson as hard as this stuff never happened before. Will Smith is the biggest Karen in history. Uh, It was a joke. Maybe it wasn't a great joke. But you you go talk to the guy afterwards. You don't walk up on stage and slap him. And you don't start yelling the F word at the top of your lungs. If you did that in a strip club, they would throw you out. He's doing that in the Academy Awards. (laughs) 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 And what what bravery to resign before you're about to get thrown out.
0: (laughs) Fair enough, Mark. Fair enough. Uh, All right. So Biden had one uh, hellacious week, although if you look at the fake news, it looks like they're still covering, but maybe not as much anymore. Uh, Let's roll. Joe Biden's greatest hits. Cut one.
2: If chemical weapons were used in Ukraine, would that trigger a military response
6: from NATO?
1: It would, be, it would trigger a response in kind, whether or not, you're asking whether NATO would cross, but we'd make that decision at the time. So, Craig, just how far out of
0: presidential bounds was that? It may seem, if you're a casual observer, yeah, that's fine, I guess it sounded, uh, but it wasn't, was it?
5: No, it wasn't. It wasn't presidential. It wasn't educated. It wasn't thoughtful. This man is in the Guinness Book of World Records for uh, the get money gaps he issues. He is a gaff machine. All you have to do is wait five minutes and they'll issue uh, another uh, foolish statement. Uh, Biden must be laughing up his sleeve at this guy because this is, you know, you look at this guy and you say, this is the leader of the Western world. This is Western civilization. What is, what is it worth defending if he's the leader? You know, I mean, this is so unpresidential. Can you mention Franklin Roosevelt talking like this or, or Dwight Eisenhower or Ronald Reagan? No. Of course not. These are men of stature. Joe Biden is not a man of stature.
0: Well, listen, hey, Joe Biden, he may not be a man of stature, but he's just like us. You know, I mean, he was uh, worried about the prices of gas growing up around that table in Scranton. Uh, He told us about that this week because he knows what it's like, you know, when the prices go up to feel the heat. Take a look.
1: I know how much it hurts. As you've heard me say before, I grew up in a family like many of you. Where the price of a gallon of gasoline went up, it was discussion at the kitchen table.
0: You see, he's just like regular people, right? Just like us, except that's not true. It can't be true. It's literally not true. (laughs) The good people of the RNC took a look at when Joe Biden was old enough to sit at the dinner table to when he left the house. And guess what? There was no appreciable rise in gas prices. None. Joe was lying again in the moment, Mark Simone, because it was easy. It felt good. It seemed like the thing to say.
1: Joe is always lying. He's like the Ted Williams of lying. He holds the all time record. Uh, This guy, I don't think he ever had a kitchen table. I I don't think there was a corn pop. I think everything (laughs) is a lie. I think every anything happens. My father said, Joey, you got I don't believe any of these stories. It's all fiction.
5: Final word, Craig. No, I, I, Mark is absolutely right. The, the, man, the truth is not in this man. Just, as I said before, wait five minutes. He's going to say something else foolish or dangerous. And by the way, when it comes to Ukraine, he just might talk us into a war, just the way Woodrow Wilson did World War I, talking with saying foolish things and getting us into a war when it is so unnecessary.
0: Well, let's hope that they can wrap this thing up over there, uh, Russia. Ukraine. It seems like maybe a little bit of progress is being made. Russia at times looks like they're pulling back a little bit, and far, as far as the aggression, Joe is not helping the situation. We know that. Craig Shirley, let's take a look at his book again. April nineteen forty-five, just his latest book, The Hinge of History, uh, just out uh, in February. It looks great. And Mark Simone, check him out on iHeart Radio and uh, all over social media. Thank you, gentlemen, and we'll be right back. We're going to Ukraine next well about 48 hours ago i had a really nice chat with our new correspondent stationed in israel john huddy in my office about 50 feet that way and right now he's in ukraine john huddy and i go way back uh it's great to see him working here at newsmax again he's on the ground in uh kiev ukraine John, uh, good to see you again. Welcome to Newsmax. What's it like over there, buddy? Thank you.
4: Well, first of all, it's great to be on with you, Greg, and yeah, we do go way back, and it's just fantastic to work with you again and, and be on the team, so I'm very excited about that and to to once again be on on the show with you. We go all the way back to our Fox 5 days in New York, but that's a whole other story. Maybe the viewers know that, maybe they don't. Um, so on the ground here in Kiev, it, it's been a whirlwind, a very exciting day. Um, we went out into the field, and by the way, Kyiv is, is very quiet right now. We haven't heard any air sirens, we haven't heard any incoming or outgoing fire, of course, that can change, as we know very quickly. But earlier today, uh, we ventured outside of the city into kind of the suburbs. Um, of uh, of Kyiv into two particular areas, one, a town called Stoyanka, uh, which was fascinating. This was really on the front lines, and Ukrainian forces retook this city just really over the last couple days as Russian forces pulled back um, as part of the withdrawal into Belarus to regroup, resupply, refuel. Uh, we saw a, a bombed out Russian tank while we were there, and then um, it was relatively quiet, but about 30, 45 minutes after we got there, Greg, there was incoming fire. It initially sounded like there was a jet, a fighter jet flying over possibly unloading its ordnance or an incoming rocket, whatever it was, it landed probably by my estimation and Jim Lechner, who was with me and and part of our team, anywhere from five to 700 meters from us, enough that we really felt the concussion. So we scrambled to the car, got in our vehicle and hightailed it out of there uh, before there was any other incoming rounds. Uh, We then went to a city called Irvine, a small city, about 10 miles uh, northwest, west, northwest, of, of Kiev, This is a really strategically important city, Greg. Um, it was basically, it's on the road to Kyiv. So it was strategically important for Russian forces. There has been intense dramatic fighting there over the last couple of weeks. Well, was, uh, Ukrainian forces made huge advances, huge gains. And over the last basically 48 hours, retook 100 uh, percent or most of the city. But it, it remains very unsafe because there are still pockets of Russian forces in the woods, you know, outside of kiev in the north and and some
0: of the surrounding areas john huddy everybody our new correspondent Absolutely. uh will be uh, focusing on overseas and and who knows what we got a great company here and all kinds of opportunities so john huddy to be continued my That's friend right. and we'll be right back it is so
3: if you've had it with the old news and the same spent well then spicer and company's your place for the inside story and for the facts that you need to know
0: Hey, this weekend, another Trump rally uh, will be covered live here on Newsmax, only on Newsmax, major cable station. Uh, It'll be in Washington Township, Michigan. That's just north of Detroit. We'll have the whole thing right here on Newsmax. I do encourage you to watch them in their entirety. They're awesome. Thank you so much. We hope you had a great week. Stinchfield is next. Thank you very much. We'll be back on Monday.